Hi, I'm Jessie, your host of the Jessie Williams Podcast. I'm a personal trainer and women's online health coach, bringing you all things health, wellness, money, mindset, and just life in general. If you want to learn, laugh, and up-level your life, this is a podcast for you. Each episode, we'll talk habits, tips, tricks, and big ideas to nourish your mind and inspire you to create your dream life by design. Let's dive in. Hey, Steph, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited because I feel like I was so struggling to even decide what I even wanted to ask you today because I feel like there's so many different avenues I could go with you in terms of health and fitness and building a business and just so many different areas. But I think today might get quite deep. So I wanted to start off just by having a bit of fun and just doing like a little rapid fire with you. So the first question I'm going to ask you, because for anyone who doesn't know Steph, she's like a little queen of baking. She has the most amazing eBooks ever. Um, I wanted to ask you if you could literally only make one of your dessert recipes ever again, what would you pick? This is such a hard one for me because I'm one of those people who like I'll get really fixated on my favorite thing for like a week and then I'm over it and I'm like ready for the next thing. But at the moment I am loving this like fudge that I make from protein powder, almond butter. It's just really easy to like stick in the freezer. So I'd probably have that because yeah, it's just super easy to make and I haven't gotten sick of it yet. Um, but yeah, I'm one of those people who I like have a favorite food for a bit and then I'm over it. <laughs> I'm the same. I get um, so stuck on something and I love it so much to the point I overeat it. Like I just keep cooking it, keep cooking it, and then I'm just done. So, yeah, I'm exactly the same. Um, If you were stuck on an island and you could only pick three things, what would you take with you? Okay. My, like, gut instinct was, like, a snack, even though that's not going to, (laughs) like, last me very long. It would be, like, three seconds into the island. Um. So, uh, yeah, probably a snack just because it'll provide me, like, some kind of sustenance. Yeah. Um, pen and paper, I'll put those as one thing. Yeah. Um, just because I feel like, I'd, I don't know, I'm such a person who has to, like, be doing something. I think yeah. if I had, I could just doodle, journal. Yeah. I think I'd need that. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that pops to mind would be a torch just because I hate the dark. And I feel like that would be practical as well. I love that. A little bit of practicality and a little bit of snack on the side. (laughs) Story of my life. Oh, my gosh. Um, Who is the best person you have met? Because I know you've met a lot of people who you've made friends with through Instagram and stuff like that. Who would be, um, and I know this is hard because there's probably multiple, but who, if you had to pick one person, would be the favorite person you've ever met in real life that you met through like social media? God, there, there is so many. I've been really fortunate with who I've met through Instagram. I think the one that pops to mind the most, probably because most people will recognise her name, would be Georgie Stevenson. I love um, her. Yeah, me too. Like, absolutely adore her. I think just because she's one of those people, like, you watch these people with a huge platform and you always kind of feel like there's that huge, like, distance between, mm. like, they're on a whole other level. I've met her like four times now and she is so down to earth and so genuine. Um, And it's just been nice seeing her kind of evolve with her own platform and the value Mm. she's bringing to the whole space now. Um, So yeah, she's probably like the top. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I remember um, it would have been a couple of years ago when I was doing a bit of PR work for a brand and we um, used Georgie and even um, she rang my phone And was like, hi, it's Georgia. And I was like, who? Like, what is this? And she's like, it's Georgia. And she goes, oh, it's Georgie. Sorry. Like my name's Georgia. Everyone just says Georgie. I didn't even think about it. And she just like rang me and has a chat. And I agree. She's so down to earth. Yeah. Um, And so genuine. Like you can tell everything she's doing online, like she really is passionate about. It's not just like, oh, this will get me engagement. Yeah. I love that so much. Um, And then last question, bit of fun. Who is your celebrity crush? It would have to be Harry Styles from One Direction, I think. Yes. I thought you were going to go, I thought you were going to go like D-list celebrity, like um, Christian. Um... Oh, Christian Guzman. <laughs> <laughs> I've kind of gone off him again. I oh, go through phases. I'll probably, yeah, I'll hate Harry Styles in like a week. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Just right. But right now we're on the Harry bandwagon. We are definitely. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I love that. Let's dive in. I want to start off by you just sharing, and I feel like a lot of people listening like will already know you. If if they don't, they're totally missing out. So go follow Steph. But for anyone who like doesn't know you or even those who do but don't know a lot about your background, I would love you to share kind of your story in terms of just your whole health and fitness journey, where you've started and kind of everything that you've been through. Because I know that you've been through so much um, and I know it's going to be a really long journey to wrap up. So honestly, take take as much as you need, all of the details. But yeah, just share with us like what you what you've been through and what's got you to where you are. Yeah, so I've definitely had a bit of a roller coaster with my health and fitness journey. I grew up overweight as a kid up until about like beginning of high school. Um, and it's weird because looking back, like I got bullied a lot for it, for being the fat kid. Um, and I was always like quite shy anyway. Um, so I was probably just a really easy target. But at the same time, there was like that sense of being so naive and it was like, I was eating what I wanted. Like I was happy. I didn't actually like, until I got bullied, I didn't even know that me being overweight was a problem. And then, yeah, obviously like you get bullied and then you start kind of like getting into those teenage years where you're comparing yourself to your friends and looking at magazines and thank God we didn't have social media to the degree we do now. Um, But yeah, I started becoming really hyper aware that I was bigger than my friends um and kind of just like kind of becoming more aware of like my behaviors around food and exercise which had never been something I'd cared about before and so yeah obviously I started kind of dabbling in ways I could lose weight or diets and I didn't like again I'm quite lucky at that early stage I didn't go into any any extremes I kind of just started as like an innocent weight loss kind of journey And of course, as I started like exercising more and kind of watching what I was eating, I did start losing weight. And of course, then I was getting congratulated for it. And I was like, me being a perfectionist, I was like, this is it. This is what my purpose is. Like, Mm. this is what everyone always wanted me to do. This is how I'm going to get more friends, like be accepted, find happiness. And yeah, I'm a person of extremes. So I kind of just kept going and that kind of spiraled out of control in my final year of high school so year 12 when I was doing my HSC which I know they call it different things in different states but like final year exams and I kind of channeled all my energy into getting really good grades again type a perfectionist and on the side just kind of stopped eating and I think it was passed off as just oh she's just stressed like after exams she'll be fine finished exams And all of a sudden, all that energy that I'd put into studying, I needed to put into something else. And I channeled it into weight loss even more. Mm. Um, And that's when I really like spiraled out of control. And I, again, I wasn't really aware of it because everyone around me was telling me it was healthy for so long. I thought I was doing a good thing. And then I remember I was going to the GP just for like a routine checkup. um, And she like weighed me and she was gave me like a questionnaire and all these things. And I was like, this is a bit odd. And then she diagnosed me like on the spot with anorexia, depression and anxiety all in one. And it was kind of, it's hard because I feel like for some people getting a diagnosis is like great motivation for them to get better or it helps them put into perspective what they were going through. But I was either so naive or so in denial that for me having those labels was like, well, now I've got to live up to it. Like, so (laughs) I kind of went backwards before I went forwards in terms of that. Um, So at this stage I was severely underweight. I didn't think I was. Um, I think a lot of people who have, when you've been overweight before, it's hard to then ever see yourself as anything different. Yeah kind of so prone to that body dysmorphia and yeah that's that's when I was like well I've been told I've got an eating disorder but I don't feel like I have so maybe I should like amp up those behaviors a bit so I can live up to that um which is such a stupid mindset but I think it's something a lot of people struggle yeah. with like when you and don't... it's not conscious it's not like consciously yeah. like I'm gonna do this it's like this subconscious um yeah yeah 
you, you just become so much more aware of what you're doing. You're like, oh, maybe this is disordered or, you know, why aren't I doing these behaviours that other girls with eating disorders do? And I think, again, with eating disorders, it's one of those things that you feed off people around you so badly. Um, it kind of just like is a lot, I think it's a lot easier to fall into a vicious cycle than it is other mental illnesses. So, yeah, I kind of thought I was recovering, like trying to be the perfect, like, inspo. Um, that's when I kind of, like, got onto social media. Tumblr was really big at that time. And I remember following other girls who were, like, recovering from eating disorders. And, again, it was you just compare yourself to everyone else's journey. And it's like, well, I just wanted to recover, but I wanted it to be in the healthiest way possible. So I was like, well, yeah, I can put on weight, but I I want it to be muscle. I don't want to put on fat. Like I want to do that whole like strong, not skinny movement. So then I (laughs) fell into that kind of orthorexic, Mm. um, which again, I think with a recovery from an eating disorder, I feel like you dabble in quite a few different versions of it, whether you go from like anorexia to binge eating or I went in straight into orthorexia. Um, which again was even worse because you could cover it so much more easily. Yeah. Um, so again, I started getting congratulated because it was like, well, she's getting better. She's eating again, but I was still, I had so many food rules. I was only eating clean foods. Yeah. I'd switched from like a lot of cardio into weights, which people were congratulating me for, but I was still spending three hours in the gym training twice a day, six days a week. Like, just insane, but I kept finding ways to justify it or make it look like I was getting better. And again, you build it up so much in your head that what you're doing is fine. Um, no one can tell you otherwise. So that went on for years, like a lot longer than I would like to admit, probably up until like the past, like three years ago. Um, so it was a huge chunk out of my life. And that was all throughout uni as well. Like looking back, I'm like, I can't even remember four years I spent at uni I feel like I was so trapped in my own head and like mental health issues that it was just a blur which again like I try not to have regrets about it but I'm like that's like your prime socializing time like so much and I just feel like I lost it but again I'm a big believer that with things like mental health issues and stuff you got your own pace like I needed to find the right time and the right confidence and intentions to get better before I could no one could have forced it upon me any earlier um so I like I I don't know what kind of clicked within me but probably just got sick of my own (laughs) bullshit and all of a sudden I was getting a lot of consequences from my eating disorder like um brittle bones at this stage I hadn't had a period like 10 years all these things that started to like kind of wake me up a bit about it yeah. Um, I think I just became more aware that it was something I could actually overcome and it wasn't something I wanted to keep carrying with me. So yeah, within the past like three or four years, I've properly like committed to recovering um, and just like finding kind of what healthy looks like to me. I think because I've spent my whole life at either extreme, either being overweight or severely underweight, it's taken me so long to be like, what even is the middle ground? Like what is maintaining? Like, (laughs) um, so that's a concept I still have to get my head around. Like body dysmorphia, I think is probably going to be one of those hurdles that I'm always going to struggle with. Um, cause I'll have days where I see myself as the tiny Steph or the days where I'm like the overweight, awkward kid. Yeah. Um, Such a hard thing to shake off, but that kind of leads me to where I am now. Like, 26, feeling a lot more comfortable and confident in my body. But even up until last year, I had another huge, like, bit of a shake-up with my health. So, yeah, just kind of trying to, like, accept where I am now and not regret the whole journey I've had. I've definitely, like, learned a lot and gained a lot of respect and empathy for other people who go through similar things. (laughs) I guess that's kind of like a quick snapshot your health stuff that you went through last year like that was so hard to watch um 
amazing because I was just sitting there when you're not going through it you have that outside the box of like it's got to have an end date um especially when you were doing everything you could I mean like doctors and acupuncture and specialists and stuff like that but it was so hard to watch because it's just one of those things where you just want to be like oh I want to help you um would you mind going into kind of that experience as well because I know that's entirely different it probably um with the previous history of like the disordered eating and stuff that would have been extremely hard with what you went through but even if you didn't have that background I think what you went through would have been quite traumatic I guess you could say so do you want to share like everything that happened with you last year as well yeah of course so um basically because I hadn't had a period for 10 years because of my eating disorder and just like mental stress I think was a huge part of it that I underplayed um I had started having acupuncture early last year to kind of like see if that could help um and I had some pretty like intense treatments and I had this one session that was like super intense with this new guy and I went home and just didn't feel right and I woke up the next morning and I had this like hugely distended stomach and I was like I've kind of been always had issues with a bit of IBS and bloating but like this was weird and I was like oh, I must have eaten something it'll pass the next day whatever and next morning I woke up and again just like hugely and like when you wake up bloated and it's that mm-hmm. painful like can barely breathe like you couldn't make me suck it in like I couldn't do anything it was just debilitating and really kind of scary and I was like this isn't passing I was drinking all the like peppermint tea like just doing anything to try and like relieve it and then it was lasting for weeks again I was just like waking up with it and it was getting to that point where I you know you start googling things and I remember putting some stuff in my stories and people were like maybe you have like cervical cancer or is it endometriosis and all these diagnoses and then someone already inherently anxious <laughs> I just like worked myself up into such a state so that went on for like a couple of months mainly just the bloating and yeah like you said I was going to different specialists a lot of GPs and I was just getting passed off as having IBS or they kept testing me for celiac disease and they were like, well, you're gluten intolerant. I was like, but I'm not eating gluten. Like it's not that simple. Uh, And I'm quite stubborn, which I think in the end helped me because it meant I kept searching for someone who was going to help me with it. Or probe a bit deeper, look at a bigger picture than just like she's bloated. Um, And another big issue was, you know, once you've had an eating disorder in the past and they see that on your records, when you present as like an otherwise healthy female to these like doctors and stuff, they kind of just think a lot of it's in your head, um, which was really frustrating. So I think I got passed off a lot just as like, oh, she's just like overreacting about a bit of bloating because she's got body image issues. So that was a huge hurdle and really frustrating. And then all of a sudden it kind of like shifted a bit from what had just been like the bloating. I started putting on a lot of fluid in other parts of my body. um, And that started happening really quickly. Like within the span of a week, I just remember one day certain clothes fit me and the next day I could not even put them halfway on. And I was, it was like, what the hell is happening? Mm-hmm. Um, and even just like, I remember seeing my mom, she hadn't seen me in only three days and she came to see me and she was just like, your face, like what is happening? Like I just got that like moon face puffiness mm-hmm. Yeah. to the point I was like unrecognizable. Um, that was really scary. I'd never gone through something like that before. Like we all suffer mild water retention every now and then, like a yeah. bit of puffiness, but this was like, a whole other level like people at the gym were commenting I remember one of the trainers there was like came up to me and asked me in front of everyone else if I was on medication because my face was so puffy and it was just like getting to that point where I was I was just like so unhappy and so scared of what was happening I felt like I couldn't see like as you were saying before from an outsider you can be like she'll find out what's happening and there'll be an end date but for me I was like no one's helping me like I'm my body's just reacting to something and is there like am I ever going to get over this so by this stage I wasn't weighing myself but I was seeing 
I finally found a good GP and a naturopath who were just monitoring my body composition and seeing what was happening with my fluid levels. And by this stage, I'd put on 12 kilograms of fluid, like in less than a month. Um, and it's like, I can't even explain how uncomfortable that is in terms of just walking. Like my ankles were so puffy and heavy shoes weren't, I couldn't even tie up my loosest pair of shoes. Um, my skin was itchy cause it was stretching so much from the fluid. Like just all these things that it's made me never want to get pregnant <laughs> for that reason. Cause I'm just like, you totally underestimate how debilitating that can be. Like, I think as well for someone like me who has, I just started like feeling so good in my skin and like having that pride of having energy and being so active and finally feeling healthy when all of that's all of a sudden, like you can barely walk comfortably was just like a huge wake up call for me. So yeah, I was still like, I was seeing, I saw a gastroenterologist to see if it was like a huge gut issue or something happening there. Had all these weird tests done. I had to eat like a radioactive sandwich to see if I was like emptying everything properly. Um, I saw a kidney specialist because at one point they thought that my kidneys were like completely fried. I could have had kidney disease and that was terrifying. Then they thought I had liver disease. <laughs> Got to the point where I was like, it had such a huge toll on my mental health that I was, I don't think I've ever I know I've never been that severely depressed before um and then it got to the point where I was so unhappy and scared that I was pretty much suicidal um which again was a huge wake-up call because I've had depression my whole like as long as I can remember but never that bad and mm -hmm. I feel like that's a whole other like demon to fight when it's you're that rock bottom so yeah just I was a mess like physically mentally um and I think I tried to maintain social media presence and keep like soldiering on with my work but it was pretty much impossible like there's so many days I just spent on the couch like couldn't do anything I was still trying to get to the gym but like that was proving just embarrassing almost for me because I was sick of people commenting um from the outside, of course, these people had just seen me like rapidly put on 12 kilos. And in my head, it was that fear of, oh, they're just going to think I've let myself go. I've just gone back to like being that overweight kid, just like <laughs> such a mental battle, like so much was going on. And then I remember I had one day that was really bad and I ended up like on my floor in my bedroom, just like rock bottom crying, just being like, I don't want to be here anymore blah, blah, blah. My dad had to come over to like basically talk me off the ledge kind of thing. And then the next day I woke up with my first period for the first time in 10 years. And I, I, I just, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. I was like, what is happening? I remember texting my mom and being like, look, I don't know if I'm dying or what, but I like, there's blood. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. And I kind of like obviously figured out what it was and I was like, is that what this whole last couple of months has been like my body just not coping well with the hormones or just going through this huge shift? Like I, I was so confused, but somewhat relieved. I was like, this has all been for something it feels like. Mm. Um, so I ended up going back to my endocrinologist um, and she was checking on my hormones again and she was like, well, your estrogen's gone from like nothing to like 500 and something like massive spike. Everything's kind of just like picked up, like your body's all of a sudden got this influx of hormones. I remember I reached back out to the acupuncturist and I was like, like, did you guys trigger this? Like what the hell has happened? And she kind of explained it from her point of view as a like Chinese medicine which I know some people don't believe in or like think it's woo-woo but I've Love it. yeah I've kept a huge open mind about it um and she kind of just said you know that original treatment probably like was a bit too strong and your body had all that distension because it didn't know how to move out all that 
energy. And I've always had issues with like my liver and stuff from my eating disorder. So she was like, you just couldn't detox things and all that energy we like released got stuck. And so I was kind of just trying to like get my head around like the scientific part of it with like my blood test results and the hormones. And then like that side of all the energy and chi and like that whole concept. But then I ended up getting five periods in a row, all like completely like a month apart, like just, which is kind of unheard of after 10 years of not having one. Yeah. And with each period I was losing so much fluid. It was kind of like my body was just like building up to this point. I don't know whether it was trying to like hold a higher weight that it felt safe at to get the period. Yeah. I was holding on to the fluid or if it was just like a side effect of all those hormones that I hadn't had in my body for so long. But yeah, I started, I just felt better each time. Like each month that went, it kind of like I lost a bit of fluid and mentally I felt a bit better. Mm. Um, so I ended up losing all, all the fluid, um, which again happened really quick. I felt like I was stuck with it for so long but it kind of came off as quickly as it came on, which has been another huge mind game Um, because, again, I'm getting comments that my weight has changed again. And I get from people on the outside, it looks like like a rapid crash diet kind of situation. Um, But I kind of just have to block that out. Um, And now I'm just trying to get the cycles coming back again. Um, Obviously, with a huge shift in weight again, they've kind of disappeared um my body's kind of been like what the hell she's gone up and down 12 kilos in a short amount of time um but mental health wise I feel so much better I think a big part of that was um like PMDD like that really bad PMS Mm. kind of thing was coming into play I just hadn't had those hormones in my body for so long that I think it hit me really hard um and i Yeah, I know it sounds like a real weird, like, series of events and it felt really weird at the time as well. Um, But I think it was just one of those things where, like, I'd always thought you see other girls get their periods back after so long and it's just this, like, magical journey and all of a sudden they're taking a photo in a red dress and being, like, period party time and it's, like, the happiest moment and I was, like, felt absolutely rotten the whole time. Like, yeah did not feel good it was not an easy journey like it felt like my body was hating me but again like you said looking back I'm like it was all for a purpose and like I feel like I'm so passionate now about kind of being open about it because I know so many people go through like chronic illnesses or unknown or like things that they can't get a clear diagnosis on and you feel like you're never gonna get answers or you're never gonna feel better And I'm just like, I know exactly what that headspace is like and how trapped and stuck you feel Um, to the point for me where it was like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like I Mm. don't see this ever getting any better, but I feel like your body always kind of knows what it's doing. Um, And you honest, as hard as it is, you do have to trust everything it's going through is for a greater purpose. And it is always going to try and serve you. Like your body's not going to try and destroy you. Yeah. It wants to stay alive. So. Yeah. I like, do you know Aubrey Marcus? No. Um, he's amazing. Like I love, I love a lot of his stuff, but he has like this podcast episode and he talks about how we get so detached from remembering that our bodies are an intelligent thing that know what to do. And he was saying how like all animals and things like that, like they intuitively know. And he goes, sometimes you'll say, eat, uh, see a dog eating grass and you're like, oh my God, my dog's a dickhead. It's eating grass. But dogs have this thing where instinctively they know when something's upset in their digestive system if they eat grass it balances it out whereas we look at them like what an idiot but it knows what to do our bodies so often know what they're doing as well but we just get like angry and impatient like why are you doing this thing and instead of just letting the intuitive process play out yeah and we get I think we get so stuck in our heads and like yeah like you said we impose how we think we should heal onto our bodies like 
I'm an impatient person in general, but when you're just like, I just want to feel better and you're like, why is this taking so long? And why am I reacting like this when other girls, I know I've got their periods back and it's been fine. Like no side effects, no symptoms, nothing. And I was just like this manic puffy mess. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, it's just like kind of sitting with the discomfort of letting your body do its thing and healing. I don't think is ever going to be, a nice journey like it is always going to be difficult you're always going to feel worse before you feel better and that's a huge thing I've learned kind of just like trusting that you go through hard things for a good purpose yeah yeah I went through like a I think I briefly remember talking to you about it when you're going through your stuff I went through like lucky for me mine only ended up being about eight weeks but it was just like a full body doing I don't even know what it was doing I got dermatitis all over my face my lips swelled up like it, it looked like I was like anaphylactic like my lips just swelled up um my stomach was distended out like just so much all at once going on with my body and having no idea and trying all these diets and I think the biggest thing that messed with my mental health was the not knowing and I remember saying if someone could tell me what is wrong and if someone can tell me what to do, I'll do it. Like, I don't care how hard it is, how extreme it is, but it was like being on the hamster wheel of trying something, but not even knowing if what you were trying was going to work. Yeah. Oh, that was just the, so I think, yeah, those things really, really teach you to just like, just sit and just trust and just wait this out, which I don't think we like. No. Yeah. And like surrendering to your body when like, you're naturally a control freak. And yeah, like you said, if it was like, if I knew what I could do to be better, I'd do it, but I don't know. And like having that complete lack of control, yeah, huge wake up call. Um, but you definitely come out stronger for it. And it makes you so much more like now, just like going for a walk comfortably, just like tying up my shoes comfortably. I'm like, <laughs> I will never take this for granted again. Like, yeah. What do you feel like, because obviously I feel like you've been, there's been so many obviously really dark and heavy moments throughout your whole journey. What do you think are a couple of the things that looking back now you think really helped get you through those darker moments? Yeah, I think one, I've been so lucky, like with the support I've had from my family, um, like my mom has gone through things with anxiety and stuff. So she gets it. She was coming to every appointment with me it was kind of a blessing in disguise that a lot of my symptoms manifested so physically because it made them realize that something was going on. Yeah. So yeah, having like my parents and my sister, a huge support, but I think at the same time, like I've always been such a, like so self-aware of like my mental health and my physical health. And I think that is a huge like source of power because it meant I could reach out when I knew something was wrong. Mm. um like the minute I feel like something's off I'm pretty open about being like hang on I don't feel good or like I need to address this so I think having that self-awareness helped I'm like I've probably just learned from years of like all my up and downs and all that that I've kind of learned what my limit is and what my tipping point is and when I'm heading somewhere that isn't good especially with my mental health and kind of just being honest with yourself about it as well like at the end of the day it's up to you to call yourself out if you're slipping into unhealthy headspaces or anything like that. So yeah, definitely having that like insight into what's normal for you and when you're starting to kind of slip. Mm. Um, And then I think a big thing during those days where I was just like, I'm so sick of waking up each morning kind of thing. Mm. I kind of just made myself stick to a routine as much as possible I think that's why I, mean, I know people looking at me like, how is she still going to the gym? But I was just like, I need to maintain some normality. Like the rest of my life is just so out of my control. I need to have those like non-negotiables that I do each day. Like I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to try and go to the gym. I'm going to call mum. Like I'm just going to do the bare minimum that I can to keep myself going the next day. Yeah. So I think those were like the big things that kind of just kept me going. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love that you kind of just touched on a few things that I guess are really good kind of daily practices for your mental health, which is just more like general routine things that you enjoy. 
I have also noticed you getting a little bit more into like your self-development and stuff like that, which is awesome. So what are some of your favorite kind of either mental health daily practices or just kind of like self-development practices and things like that, that you kind of find yourself um, putting your energy into? Yeah, it's funny. Like it's taken me like I'm 26 and I'm like, I wish I'd started, like I wish that they taught this stuff at school. Like all this personal development stuff, it's like, it's so powerful. And for so long I was just someone who like, didn't see the value in it like I don't know I just had that naive view that I could just like someone will hand me my dream job and or like with my mental health I'm like I'll just like fall in love with this boy and he'll fix me like it's yeah. that simple. <laughs> oh my god um <laughs> so yeah I've definitely started putting a lot more practice into improving myself and taking ownership for my mental health especially so one of the best things I've started doing, and I only started doing this after everything I went through last year, was like the minute I wake up, I either write it down or just like recite in my head three things I'm grateful for. I try and make it a bit different each day, but I always find them. And it's that's something that's been so beneficial for me because I am someone who sometimes I wake up and like I've just, I wake up with depression. Like I just, it's mm. just there and it's just, I wake up with that sense of dread for the day. It's like one of those things I can't necessarily control, but I can like work around it yeah, um, and kind of like shift my attitude. Whereas like before I'd wake up with that heavy heart feeling and just like try and survive the day. Um, but I find if I wake up and say three things I'm grateful for, that just automatically gets my head into a much better headspace. Something I've only just recently started doing in the last few days is not checking social media for at least the first hour that I'm awake because that's another thing I'd do is not only would I wake up and if I may not have like the best headspace already and then I'd go check my phone and it's like you see all these notifications and emails and um, something one of my friends was telling me about was like when we check our phone and social media first thing in the morning we're kind of just setting ourselves up in that fight and flight anxious mode because we're like searching for a threat almost yeah I know, I know I was doing that like I check my phone because I'm checking it to see if someone's sent me hate or if someone's like criticized something I've done or a recipe's failed and they're blaming me for it like you're searching out for that negativity yeah um, to defend yourself and it puts you in that like on edge what am I gonna have to like reply to these people about so that's something I've already loving that. I've only done it for a couple of days. Um, it's hard because you're tempted to check your phone, of course. Yeah. Um, but I've kind of just replaced that with like journaling a bit or like looking over my to-do list. So that that's a huge one that I would like really recommend doing because um, I know so many of us are stuck in that habit of you wake up and you want to show the gram that you're up at. 5am you get that timestamp on your story and you're out hustling like just get off your phone yeah and then yeah I'm a big um, list writer I find like that helps a lot Um, I love a good to-do list Um, but I've only kind of just started figuring out how that works best for me in terms of I've always got a few different streams of work so now I like color code things I time block I'm trying to figure out days where I can like devote days to recipe development maybe and then other days to completely computer work because otherwise I feel like a scatterbrain going between the kitchen to my laptop. Like that's something I just kind of figuring out how you can best get the most out of your day. And then, yeah, goal setting, intentions, that's a huge thing I'm trying to get around manifesting is something I've only kind of just started actually taking seriously um, because I find that quite scary. I've always been someone who's like, I've got big dreams, but I don't want to say them out loud. Like there's no way I'm going to get to them. Yeah. That's something I think Georgie has taught me a lot. Um, And seeing people like I've been listening to quite a few of your episodes recently as well. And I'm like, Oh, I just like, I wish I'd opened my mind up. Yeah. That whole, like, all that thing with like affirmations and manifesting and I just I don't know why I never took it seriously before I never thought I needed it yeah um, it's the unknown I think as well yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah you doubt yourself you're or you're just like 
I don't need to say it out loud. Like it's just going to happen for me. Yeah. And that's been a huge learning curve for me is like things don't just happen to you. You've got to make them happen. Yeah. Um, so kind of just putting that work in. Um, but they're probably the main ones that I'm doing at the moment. Obviously going for a walk is a huge daily practice that I do just like for my headspace, fresh air. That's probably, yeah, the main things that I'm doing at the moment. I yeah. Doing more. <laughs> I'm loving watching your journey because like you're exactly as you said it, you're that type A personality, but you're also very um, evidence-based, science-backed. I mean, you've got like a science degree, yeah. right? Um, and all of that kind of stuff. You're always cautious not to step out of your scope or say things that aren't backed and things, but then also being really open-minded to even like acupuncture would have been a big yeah. thing for you, Chinese medicine, um, ma- all the manifestation stuff that you're doing now. And it's kind of like you're like the modern woo-woo girl of just like (laughs) where science meets like all the energy and the unknown stuff which is really cool to see um I want to ask you as well I feel like and and this is one question I really wanted to tie in because as I said we really could have gone down the health avenue which I feel like we have today but you are also so incredibly inspiring in terms of not only have you been through all of these huge hurdles, but like you've run your own business, you've like, um, you know, done brand collaborations, bought out your own bars and stuff like that. Um, you know, brand ambassador, eBooks doing so, so much. So what would your advice be for someone who maybe has big goals or big dreams and ambitions, but maybe has poor mental health or has just a lot of fear or self-doubt and things holding them back. And they're just feeling like, Oh, that's not possible for me. What would your advice be for someone who's in that position? Yeah, it feels hard for me to give advice because I'm like, I feel like I only just like got my head around it myself kind of thing. Like I was so stuck in that for so long. And it is hard because you look at other people who are killing it and you're like, but maybe they're not struggling with poor mental health or Mm -hmm. anything like that. I think some of the biggest tips I would say is go at your own pace. I feel like you kind of, especially if you're suffering with any kind of mental health or any physical issues that are kind of holding you back, don't force yourself to put on a front and hustle. Yeah. Because um, if you're someone like me who's prone to burnout, the only way you're going to be successful is you find a pace that works for you. That's a huge thing I've had to realise, like kind of sitting with that discomfort that maybe my body needs a bit more rest than other people or productivity looks a little different to me than it could someone else who's killing it. So just learning your threshold and the pace that you need to go at to be successful and everyone's pace is going to be a little different. Um, That's where social media, I think, can be a bit of a trap because you're constantly trying to match the pace of someone else who's got a completely different set of like mental health issues or anything to you. Like you've just got to stay in your own lane. That's a huge tip. And something I've really realised to help me is to ditch the struggle mentality. Like I've always been someone who thought everything had to be harder for me for some reason. Yes. Like, oh, because I've got anxiety or because I suffer with depression, everything's harder. And you you completely limit yourself with that belief because you're kind of making everything harder. Like everything is going to be harder if you think it's going to be harder. Yeah. Um, And so the minute you kind of, I don't know, I've started thinking in terms of everything I do with my business or if you have big goals, it's like once you have those goals, the hardest part is done. Like having that passion is the hardest part, finding what you're passionate about. Once you know what it is, it'll come easy to you. Like that's kind of been a huge wake up call for me. It's like if I want this so badly, it is going to come easy. Like I have the right intentions it will come easy to me and then it does. So yeah, kind of just, I know it sounds a lot easier said than done, just being like ditch the negative attitude. But I think once you start kind of like challenging those thoughts and being like, well, hang on, why does it have to be harder for me? Like, yeah. It's not a struggle. It like doesn't need to be so hard. And then just, yeah, kind of dabbling in those self-development practices and finding the ones that work for you. Like I know manifestation and, meditation and goal writing and all that may not be for everyone or you may find certain things really help you and other things don't um i think you just got to figure out what you want to achieve like what your business goals are and who you want to turn up as and 
how you want your life to play out and kind of map it out and then just have an open mind with all these different practices you can do. Like I love that it's kind of become trendy or like a lot of people are starting to talk more about self-development because there's so many tools and resources out there. Yeah. Like just listen to different podcasts even, like watch different people on YouTube or really curate the environment in terms of your social media as well and just surround yourself with people who are also pushing themselves because I think then you, you just learn a little bit from each person that you can take on your own journey and it'll push you to achieve those things. Whereas when you're stuck in your head so much, you're kind of stuck with those limiting beliefs all the time. And that was something I really struggled with was I was so in my own head and as an introvert as well, it's like I never really let myself be around people who could kind of force me to like raise my energy a bit. So yeah, hopefully there were some tips in that. Yeah. yeah, I think following from that, my last kind of question, and it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit, maybe hard to answer, but I did notice kind of a common th- um, trend when we were talking about your journey. And it was that when you were overweight, initially you were bullied. And then when you were losing weight, you were congratulated. Um, and then even when you went through your health stuff last year and you were putting on all that fluid people were talking about it and asking questions. And then when it came back off, people were saying stuff and asking questions. Um, But then also on the other end of that spectrum, being stuck in your own head. So how do you think you can find that balance between not listening to those outside voices that are giving you validation or putting you down and really staying, I guess, grounded within yourself and your own inner knowing without getting stuck in that does that make sense no it completely makes sense like there's such such a fine line between like opening yourself up to other people but then letting the wrong people in yes Um, again that's been like a huge learning curve for me within the past year is that like you can't be you can't completely isolate yourself but you do need to stay in your own lane Um, and just like again curating your environment and really filtering out who you're surrounding yourself with like I've let go of some toxic friends that I didn't even realize were toxic until I kind of cut ties with them and all of a sudden I'm like they were not bringing any value to my life or they were trapping me in that headspace that I was always going to be in I think you definitely start to learn who's worth having in your space like And even just on Instagram, who's worth following? Like the minute you scroll and read something and it gives you that funny feeling of, oh, that's not made me feel good about myself. Just unfollow or mute or hide their stuff. Like it's so not worth it because there is so many amazing people you can surround yourself with. But at the end of the day, like all your success is up to you. Um, And I think that's what I realized when I went through what I did last year. It was like, I could see all these specialists and doctors and listen to all this advice. I could have the most amazing support from my family. But at the end of the day, it was up to me to get up each day and do what I could to get better. Like at the end of the day, you are up to you. So you're only going to get out how much you put in to yourself. I think that's so important, the whole environment thing and stuff like that. I, I did the same thing sort of recently. There were a lot of people I were following who, I mean, quite a while ago, I followed anyone to- unfollowed anyone toxic. But what I was noticing that there were people that weren't toxic, they were like motivational or something, but they still didn't make me feel good or expansive. So I was just like relentless. And I think I went from like following like 600 people to like 170 something because I was just like wanted a clean news feed where everyone in it was people where I, I it bought something positive out of me. So I think that's really, really important, 100%. And exactly what you said, sometimes the toxic people you don't even realize are toxic until you take that's a step it. back. Yeah. And yeah, that's where social media, it's like you, you are in control of what you see on Instagram like 90% of the time. Yeah. Um, so you do have to take a bit of ownership for what you're letting into your space. And like, I wouldn't be scared of people taking it personally or whatever. Like I don't mind if people unfollow me for whatever reason. Mm. Um, I'd rather that than them like get triggered or anything from anything I'm doing. Yeah. So yeah, like just taking ownership for it and just – knowing that you need good people in your life, but just finding the right people. 
Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. And the last question I want to ask you is what have you got? What are you working on at the moment? What have you got coming up? Anything that you can share? Yeah. So I do have another ebook coming out. Um, it's my single serve ebook. So just like single serve recipes, sweet and savory. I've been sitting on this one for a while. One, because I am a perfectionist and I just like, yeah, I think because I like having a project, but I'm like the minute it's almost complete, I'm like, oh, I don't want to let go of it. So I'm just going to hang on it for a while. So that should hopefully, I don't know when this episode will drop, but like it'll probably drop before I do the ebook, knowing me. Um, so I've got that coming out, which I'm super excited about. We've got some exciting things coming up with our bars and blends, the Better Being Bars and Better Being Blends, getting them into a few more stores. Um, working on a few more flavors which I'm really excited about and then yeah kind of just I think with everything that's happened this year with COVID and all that I have taken a lot of time to figure out what I want to do career-wise or whether I want to work for someone else still or so I'm kind of still like figuring out what I want to do I still want to move states that's big thing probably come up your way um Mouths. Yeah. Yes, do um, it. Oh yeah, I'm still but again, like with this year it's like what am I gonna do? Like yeah. I can't really plan. Not trust. happening right now. No, there's no, no planning. Which is it's kinda nice not having that little blanket of security being like I have a bit more time mm. to figure out what I wanna do. So yeah, I'll just kinda like seeing how it goes. But for now I'm I'm loving what I'm doing and the projects I've got coming up. So yeah, I'm excited. Always wanting to find something new to do there as well. Yes, awesome. Um, well, I will put all of your um, handles and stuff in the show notes and stuff like that so people can find you. But thank you so much for your time today and for coming on. It's been so good to have a chat. And I really know that so many people listening will just really resonate with a lot of you, what you said as well. Oh, thank you so much for having me. 